just so you guys know, my daughter is home and she offered to be a guest speaker if we would like to have her on. <laughs> you know, funny is, is that my daughter said the same thing to me. She basically turned around. She's like, Dad, if Adam doesn't decide to, you know, show up, I'd be happy to step in for him. What? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been to everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Your fi- picture was on part of one, but I'm pretty sure everything's on. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not oh, uh, uh. <laughs> You were talking to an Atari instead of like an actual. <laughs> we have to change the podcast to three men and a little lady. <laughs> and sometimes Adam. It's the middle of March here in New England, and we're in the middle of social distancing. We're finding the benefits of being in a podcast because it's a great way to hang out without actually having to share bugs with people it's an awesome way to hang out without having to be in each other's presence and potentially get each other sick one of the things we thought would be an interesting conversation for tonight is to talk about how this COVID-19 stuff is affecting you since basically February 2nd there's been illness in the U.S. and deaths in the U.S. from this illness and there's been a lot of drastic uh, things that have happened because of that I just feel like You know, each of us come from a different place. We do different things in a lot of ways. And I thought it would be an interesting conversation for us to have about how this is affecting us, how we're processing it, what it's doing in our families. I wanted to start with Adam. You live. I hope so. Fairly secluded place. Why don't you tell us how you guys are dealing with this and what's going on with you and your family and your work? Yeah, and all you're in the boonies. Do you guys even know what's going on? Or <laughs> Do you so, get mail up there still? Like- Sometimes, sometimes with the angry post office, post he's office like, guy drives by. I've been testing the maple sap for COVID viruses. <laughs> no, it's actually it. healed. It's great. It's great. It's, a heal- it's got healing properties. No, I, I, for us, it's it hasn't really hit home. Last week, we just found out that that the principal of of Goffstown High had it, but he also came back from Italy. He was in the office for almost two weeks and didn't. Uh, show any signs until recently so you don't know what those effects are for the family for us in general kind of business as usual i mean my both my girls are homeschooled there has been a little bit of inconvenience from the standpoint that heather has now had to perform some additional out of her own comfort zone director duties in terms of okay well we need now need to figure out what our next steps are because we're not going to actually be able to meet for co-op Uh, at the church since it has kind of closed down. From that standpoint, she's had to kind of coordinate technology aspects and start doing go-to type meeting with all her her teachers and, and get that set up on a weekly basis, along with putting all of the extra projects that they were scheduled to do for the last four weeks of the year or five weeks of the year, putting all that stuff together and, and getting that stuff ramped up. For my girls, really hasn't affected like they understand what's going on i mean they're still hanging out with their neighborhood friends and just living life how they they would obviously they're they're a little happy right now because things have kind of canceled from the y has been canceled for the next two weeks and and sessions like that and then from from the financial aspect i mean i work in technology and the the majority of my clients are are financial based or or biotech based or more industry based than 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 kind of the the food and service and, and entertainment and lifestyle day-to-day um, industries which are taking a hit. So 
from a financial perspective, it's just been all hands on deck. Now I'm, I'm trying to get large corporations remote access in areas that we've been kind of talking about for for years now that they've kind of, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it and don't have a contingency plan or a DR plan. It allows them to to operate in, in situations like this. It's kind of, a, oh, we, we now, things have hit the fan. We need to do this now. Let's get moving on it. So it's been kind of busy, that aspect. We do, we we feel there's a potential for us to kind of feel those aspects, those those side effects of, of the industry because Heather works at UPS now and, and she works there for mainly for the benefits. But now that airlines are starting to cut back and Amazon's starting to cut back on, on just essentials and, and emergency situations. She does a off work day. UPS in general over the past couple of, couple of years have done that. They'll hand out off work days where you still get time towards your benefits, but uh, you don't get paid for that day. It's an off day. Maybe that potential where she's, I mean, she's not low person on the totem pole, but she's not high person on the totem pole either. So if they really start feeling the cutbacks, a release to return where they'll let her go, but she'll be the first to be hired back. That's a loss of benefits. I'd have to go back onto the, my corporate benefits, which change what, what we're actually saving per, per month basis. So there's a financial aspect to it too. Hey, Adam, can you even change like that? Str- I didn't think you could change your cycle midway through if you had a loss of benefits. If she loses her job and we don't have any benefits, yeah, there's a way to do it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I could go back onto our our corporate benefits, but there's a significant cost change because we were getting benefits through the union. Aside from that, I also have a friend who's got a a shop downtown and he's kind of struggling because he didn't do well last week. Doesn't look like there's a bright future upcoming months with everything being shut down and limited now to 10 people per per gathering. And and people are so so hyped up from the media that they're, they're afraid to even get together. So... His, his business relies on entertainment. He's trying to figure out what the next steps are. And the government released unemployment benefits for small businesses. But still, that's going to take a hit on on what he's doing. And and the state has tried to do some stuff to alleviate food services and obviously allowing to sell beer, and but also restaurants and things like that. They, they now have the ability. There was a mandate down from the state from New Hampshire that now you can purchase beer from food, uh, alcoholic beverages from food places to kind of keep that uh, currency flowing. It has affected us and it's been a kind of more inconvenience where, oh yeah, now we have to hunt for toilet paper. <laughs> Just seeing the lot aspect of like, okay, well, I'm blessed and, and thankful that I have a position where I'm not in an industry where things can be tight, looking for ways that I can weaken from within our budget to be able to extend out to others in need. So that's really where where we are at. I'd be interested to hear just especially from the from the public school side as well as also from college aspect, especially with Gracie trying to now being home and t- kind of telecommuting. We'd just be interested to hear kind of some of those stories as well. How about you, Eric? What are you seeing? Because you're actually a small business owner, so this has got to be impacting you. There's been definitely a, a, a shift I was busier trying to get work done and slowed down the past four months. And then now that the smaller guys, the office environments that don't have the complexities that Adam's kind of dealing with, something's on the horizon. They can sense it with the stock market. They can see all of the the financial indicators looking at my 401k and my financials picture and thinking, you know, yeah, I'm in a long haul. I'm losing some money now. Again, the market always rebounds. When you get around to really like money in terms of seeing checks flow in on our regular reoccurring revenue and stuff, it definitely is a cause for concern 
frustration I have right now is my wife is a early childhood uh, teacher and she is in a private school. They have decided to all open. So she has been going in every day when they're risking my wife. You know, we're trying to juggle all that. Yeah, I get that. It's, it, that is definitely a hard thing to balance. You know, how do we stay engaged without getting sucked into the maelstrom of panic and concern and stress? Yeah, I look at I look at Heather's mom. She was a, she's been a smoker and she's in her late seventies, and so she's a, one of those people that is at really high risk. And she works down at in Nashua on a daily basis, and so she's been going back and forth. Prior to this, thank goodness, the company finally closed and is paying all their employees a salary base in this two week period. It's still a nerve wracking thing, especially for her being in that that high risk situation. So there's the, there's those those type of attitudes and and the. To your point, Eric, the younger generation, I mean, there's been joking references that kind of out of taste, but as to like, oh, this is the boomer virus thing, getting rid of all the old people. And it's like, yeah, it's like, first of all, we're not boomers, we're Gen Xers. I'd like to state that for the record. We are Gen Xers. We are not boomers. Not even close. (laughs) We know how to social distance ourselves. Generation X, listen to Public Enemy. He'll tell you all about it. (laughs) But... But no, it's like, it's like those serious moments. That's a scary thing to think about, that you could be in that high-risk situation and you're still working and still trying to bring in income and people can be dumb, you know? So it's one of those situations. And it's not just not just elderly, too. It's people with immune deficiencies, too, that are at high risk. I mean, I've heard tons of stories of people in their 30s and 40s passing away. It's not just an elderly or older viral situation that you need to watch out for it anyone can be affected and 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 those symptoms you could be a carrier you know where this is going to go is going to be an interesting thing in in and of itself i mean i heard stories that new york may be closing their schools for a full year like it may go that long how how is that going to affect the economy how is that going to affect things governments may mention i mean we're not going to see a decline until july and august even if that and that's that's several months away. So how does how does this play out in the next two weeks where where the mandates have come down and said, okay, we've gotten to that April seventh date or April second date? Do they drag it further? I mean, obviously Boston's out until the end of the end of the month. You cut down the the spread of it, but you still have those that are contagious that you're gonna let that go through. And how many weeks is that taking? I mean, we're seeing up to two weeks that this virus can so you have that longevity there. It's just it's gonna be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks. What, what that entails. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some interesting changes. And it may be, bring about a lot of company changes from a remote, remote perspective, because this is really testing everybody out there. And companies may change their plans. And the workforce may completely change in, in some aspects on how, how things are done. I really think, you know, this is chapter one of that whole workforce structure where, you know, we saw early, mid, you know, 2000s, Offices are now no longer the traditional location-based. You go in for nine to five. Start to see a push towards you know teleworkers. Yeah, it, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think that economically, I don't know how the companies that are currently in existence are going to handle not being able to do business for a couple of months. Like some companies are not able to do anything. I mean, Adam was talking about a trend. Some companies just are really they're stuck either gathering places or they don't have the technology in place 
it's really hard for some companies to make this shift. You know, there are companies that are well set up for this. You know, like I look at companies like Salesforce who immediately after the first death, they're like, listen, none of our people are traveling. We're not going anywhere international. You can't travel domestically without vice president approval. We want you all to work from home and do everything over a web conference. My brother actually works for Salesforce and he's like, kind of a hassle, but it's also kind of nice because otherwise I'm traveling to New York City like two times a week. Now I get to do all of that stuff from home and I've been told that I have to do that. And I feel safer. I feel like my company took care of it. But Salesforce had the technology in place to do that. I, I work with a lot of small to medium businesses that I'm selling phone systems to and they don't have, they have a phone system that can do it, but they've never looked at it. So everybody is scrambling to figure out how they get remote access set up. How do I empower my workers to do this from home? Adam was talking earlier about how it was such a, uh, it's been such a long week because every company that you've, that they've been trying to talk to about being able to work remotely for the last five years suddenly realized that it's an urgent issue. And so like the support organizations that are helping these guys do that stuff are saturated. Our support organization has not stopped since Thursday. They basically are working 24-7 to take care of everything that needs to happen. And that's just, uh, it's a lot of work. Guys, if you've been a little proactive, this would be a lot easier now. And yeah, and some of these companies are set up to be able to with, withstand the storm. But as that storm drags out, it's going to start affecting bottom lines across everything. People aren't going to be apt to be buying anything because they're just trying to struggle and stay alive, you know, and that's eventually it's going to get to a point where if this drags out and what they're predicting, everybody's going to feel it. I mean, the funny thing is technology is, is only going to be a driver to like improving some of this stuff, but at the same time, it's going to be a very expensive uh, hit to the wallet for a lot of people both from a home users, like think about the home users now, like I've already gone through a lot of the pains that Eric was talking about with, you know, deploying my user base to get them set up. Their infrastructures aren't set up for huge volume of users because, you know, when we rolled out the remote teleworking solution for them, it was like, oh, we're going to have maybe five to seven users on the system. Now we're putting a load of 15 to 25 people on a VPN concentrator. I mean, that, I mean, that's huge. Um, nevertheless, that there's bandwidth issues. I spend, I think, almost half of my day today trying to explain to people that because the reason why your wireless connection is so slow is because you have a child who is also on power school on their Wi-Fi and you have a kid streaming from their phone and your cell phone's connecting your network, you probably have about 26 to 27 devices all connecting to your Wi-Fi and you only have a 50 meg pipe. Why do you think it's slow? Well, if you want to speed up, plug in. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's inconvenient. I'm like, that's a first world problem, but that's the only way you're going to solve your problem. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I mean, obviously, there, there are a, a lot of companies out there that are doing a lot of good things to, to ease the, the operation. I mean, there's there's landlords out there that are with are holding off rent for a whole month. There's there's uh, ISP companies that are that are not throttling services and are giving free services to to lower lower income families that need that stuff. We're pretty much treading new ground. The overall sense from a lot of people is like, all right, well, we'll do this for two weeks and then it's back to normal. I think it's going to be that way. And and so 
So it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how things shape up and also just the change in life. And as you stated before too earlier, Eric, that the good things that would come out of this and, and just new ways of thinking. Well, Paul, I mean, you've got some really cool stories about just how this has shaped you guys, both from a church side of things, but even Jonathan doing a lot of online stuff sounds pretty cool. You know what he's doing there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely been a process to get to that point. Definitely been a process because, you know, your first thought when something like this happens isn't, hey, awesome. We Now we have a new way to think about things. It's wait a minute. I can't we can't do church in the way that we want to. I was supposed to travel. I was quite excited that I didn't have to travel. But, you know, it's like, gee, not like this. Like, this is not how I wanted it to go. I just figured it'd be, you know, kind of here or there and, you know, then and then kind of move it on. But it, it certainly seems like it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on for a while. It's funny, like, I've been on a lot of Zoom calls with people from church. That's somewhere I go very often. I, I'm When I'm not volunteering at church, either it's in sound or playing guitar, you know, I still feel a part of it. I still go every Sunday. That's that's really a, a big part of them is I would consider them my family. And I started to grieve yesterday and realized that, gee, I really miss them. Like I haven't seen people and I've never been so aware of my, that my love language is touch when I can't touch anybody. You know, I was on a Zoom call and I was almost like, hey guys, I can't wait to touch you all. Awkward. But it's so true. And that's why, like when we were chatting, when we were chatting earlier, I'm like, I'd still want to get together with you guys at least once a week. Cause like, I just miss you. Like I miss talking to people. I miss hanging out with people and just connecting. Like I always thought I was a pretty big introvert. Like who knew that I've, I, I blame Romanek. Romanek is an extrovert. He, he is empowered by talking to other people. I think some of that's rubbed off on me, but I just starting to see that there's been times in history where something has happened. It's like, hey, you can't do it that way. And then people just get creative and they do it another way. Even the whole like, let's do church on Zoom and what that's going to be like, just trying to find other ways. And yeah, it's not going to look like the same thing, but frankly, I'm okay with that. There's parts of it that I miss. I miss playing worship on a stage, not necessarily a stage, but I miss playing guitar with other people and like playing in a band. I, um, I'm interested to see how this goes. Jonathan's been on He's been on Zoom for classes. He's been on Google Classroom. He logs in at 7.50 every day and like gets online. And like, I, I echo what you're saying. And I think the most interesting thing about this whole situation is that last week I was talking, to, I don't talk to people from my, my company much. I don't go in often. I, I'm talking to, I'm consulting with other companies. But last week I was on a call with my team lead. We both had the same experience where everybody we've talked to has had a completely different idea on what's going to happen and like how like anxious should we be it's been hard to find the line of the sky is falling and this is no big deal like where do we draw that line even in the same day i saw emails from my work being sent out like hey we're going to leave the office open hey you're still going to travel oh yeah by the way you're not going to travel oh by the way we're going to close the office it just feels like every day there's something different so this week the coronavirus and then it's it's going to snow tomorrow and then oh by the way like tom brady's going to go play for tampa bay i'm like what else could there be guys come on what else are you going to do to me here god feel very blessed and adam i would echo your earlier statement i feel very blessed to be in a to be in a job where i can do this from home and it's been impacted you know a little bit but like i can still work from home 
I am starting to get to the fact that I just, I, I just said this to somebody earlier today. I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, God has blessed me. I need to find out how I can bless others that aren't as fortunate, like others that are working in the restaurant industry or in the entertainment industry or what have you that are, that are starting to try to find ways to like make ends meet and just can't. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that, that's my prayer there. What's this affects long-term? I mean, we don't really know, but at the same time, there's just a lot of let's throw jello at a wall and see what sticks. Nobody really has a clear indication or, you know, how that looks to someone who depends on a paycheck. It's a little nerve wracking, but at the same time, I can feel I'm at peace right now. God's bigger than that. And I go, you know, to bed every night, you know, saying, hey, God, you know, here's my, here's all my cares. Here's my fears. Here's all the bigger issues that, you know, we see. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow will bring its own set of challenges. But at the same time, what can I do to be positive? I've loved the, you know, the new kind of spin I've got on it where I'm educating people on how to be better about how they, you know, change their daily habits with using, you know, things like technology. It's like how many people forget to wipe their cell phone, but they put their cell phone, you know, with a alcohol wipe, but they put the That's cell phone. That's not where I thought you were going with that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Always wipe. Always wipe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and wash your hands too. Log out, log out. Hang up, hang up. <laughs> but yeah, those like simple things, you know, you need to be able to do these things, take a little ounce of prevention. It's those small things. And, you know, we see them all the time on Facebook businesses that are offering, you know, free food delivery or, or Adam's example was with the mother-in-law where they're paying the whole salary for two weeks. They're doing it because they care about their employees and they're trying to weather the storm as much as, you know, everybody else is. And then you've got the educational aspect, the colleges. Yeah, they're going to online classes. How do you do an online classes with like an art class that needs like a dark room? Or a music school. Right. Right. Yeah, like right. how do you do a an orchestral, you know, where you're doing multiple instruments together over a video conference? The the timing is off. There's only so much you can do there. And then the whole situation of like, well, you have these people that are foreign exchange students. They rely on specific jobs, funds and room and board and, and then what are the parents doing for things like the rest of the semester you're home am i paying for that room and board am i am i being charged for that stuff it's all those little things that you just don't realize that when it when it comes down to when you stop doing it oh my goodness i didn't take that into consideration It'll, it's going to be interesting it's the next couple of weeks i think we'll we'll start to see this potentially this up and down okay well infections are down great people are getting a little more relaxed and a little more crazy start getting out and all of a sudden it gets worse again you're just yeah. a ray of sunshine adam <laughs> <laughs> so so eric how are you guys weathering the storm well so we actually have a funny blend right because we are we live in a city uh our city's i think it's like eighty thousand people in nashua but our kids are homeschooled so it's really funny like one of my favorite memes from the last week is Oprah Winfrey saying, and now you're homeschooled, you're homeschooled, you're homeschooled, right? Like when she was giving away all those prizes. It's pretty funny, you know, because like in some ways, this stuff is not affecting us at all. It's the same life we've always lived. But in other ways, it's really not. And, and the way that we're processing is kind of weird. I've been working from home for over a year now. And even before that, I worked from home on a smattering basis. But for the last 15 months, I've worked at a company from which I work all week, every day in my basement. And we already have the technology put in place for me to do this. And a lot of our people do this. 
we basically just went back to business as usual. There's a couple people that worked in offices, as many of them as we could, we sent home. But before this became a big thing, I made a trip to St. Louis. I was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. last week, and I was booked on a flight to go. And on Wednesday, I was supposed to go on Friday. On Wednesday, my boss called and said, no, cancel your flight. You're not going. Okay. All of the sudden, like the things that I have been doing, and that's, you know, that's a new office for me to manage. That's a new group of people that don't know my face. And for me, it's really important that they know who I am and that we have that face-to-face conversation so they know what I'm about. And we didn't get to do that. We manage that every day from a remote office point of view, but it's it's always nice to have that face. And so that has been a shift, you know, and, and I'll tell you, I'm uh, of the people that I know, I'm the biggest risk taker. And I do look at this and say, there is a lot of illness here. The reality is people have been getting sick for forever, at least since the fall of man. And some of those illnesses have killed us. Some of them have not. The percentages here are higher than they normally are. I have often been a little more braggadocious. Like, it's not going to kill me, right? But I will tell you, one of the funny stories that kind of made me shift my response was when I was out in St. Louis, I met with my entire team. It turns out that somebody that I interacted with ended up in the hospital yesterday. And nobody knew, all we knew was that that person was on a ventilator. We didn't know why they were on a ventilator. We didn't know what was going on with them. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy crap, did I touch him? Were we close enough that I was breathing his air? Like, it's been 10 days. That's still within the incubation period. Okay, that's a little nerve-wracking, you know? And and I'm... I would say that I wasn't scared, but I was definitely like, it shook me a little bit, you know, where I had to think about it and be like, okay, so what happens if I'm sick? How does that affect what I need to do? The reality is even when I get sick, it doesn't usually slow me down from much, but I do have a family. So how is it going to affect them? And then I have my parents who are in that danger range and my grandfather lives out here. So like, what do I have to do to make sure that everybody's safe? What do I have to wait for to make sure that every, everything's good? Now, it turns out that after testing, which isn't as fast as I'd like it to be, but after a, day, a couple of days when the test results back, this isn't the issue that he's having, right? It's not a COVID issue. It's not, there's no infection. There's no symptoms. There's no, like, they did the test and he came back negative. So it's not, a, like, as far as that goes, it's not a big deal, but it makes you think. My wife actually called me to task on this before that conversation even happened and said, listen, Eric, I know that you're not, you're not really a fearful guy. Like that's not really your thing. You're kind of the gambler. You're a little, you know, a little bit brave and all that stuff. And, and you don't really let this stuff limit you, but you have to be compassionate for the people that are concerned. You have to slow down and not let your confidence and your desire to speak a lack of fear to people and to inspire courage and bravery, not sound like judgment, you know, because the reality is there's nothing wrong with being a little apprehensive. There's nothing wrong with being cautious or being aware. You just can't let it make all of your decisions. And when you, sometimes when you come across, when you talk to people, 
when you talk to me, actually, sometimes you sound like you're judging my caution as being fearful. And that's not really what it is. I'm just trying to be wise and trying to juggle all of the responsibilities and requirements that I have. And, and that's, you know, that's real wisdom. And that's one of the great things that I, I love about my wife, but it's also been one of those growing experiences for me in these circumstances. Damn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, on another real note, like my nine-year-old, like four nights ago, because everybody's talking about this, right? And my nine-year-old doesn't know what what's true, what's not. He's got allergies. He's had allergies for over a month. He's got a runny nose and a congested head. And, and he's like, am I going to die, Dad? I'm like, dude, no. And I just had to sit with him and just comfort him and you know, speak the truth of this disease. The reality is when you look at the disease statistics, kids under 10 are barely affected. They might get sick, but they're almost always asymptomatic. And it's really always, there are no deaths in that, in that age bracket, but he doesn't know that he's not reading any of the information. All he's hearing is this is shut down. This is shut down. You can't do this. You can't go to that. You can't see these people. And, and he knows that Heather and I are talking about, you know, some of the risk that goes along with this. And, and so I just had to sit with him and hold him and just say, you know what, buddy, it's going to be okay. I love you. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. But you know, like that's, the, that's two really real things that, that are legitimately concerning and legitimately real out of this conversation. And then, you know, when we get back to just business. This is a time when there has to be understanding, right? We have to do the things that we can do to help out the people that aren't, that are going to have a hard time here because there's going to be a couple months here where small businesses, especially those local stores that are in your town are going to have trouble making ends meet. They're going to be trying to find ways to not have to fire all of their employees because they don't have any business. People aren't going out to do stuff. They're staying in their house. Really, the only businesses that are still booming are grocery stores, drug stores, and maybe the occasional restaurant with good takeout. But a lot of the business stuff that these people are going through, like, we just got to take care of them. And and I, I'm just trying to find the balance of how do I model peace without without being judgmental, without seeming judgmental to somebody who's stressed out about it. How do I bring peace to these situations? How do I, you know, cause I feel like that's what Jesus did. And in the end, that's my goal. How can I be like Jesus? I feel like I look at him in all of the chaos that he went through. He didn't react in fear. He just reacted with mission and obedience and peace. Funny you mentioned that. And the one story that kept popping in my head was the woman who was constantly bleeding and she was in a huge crowd and she goes and touches Jesus. And it's like, he knew, like, I mean, he could have reacted the same way we react as human beings and like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to be touched by this person. They're ill and they have a whole bunch of ailments. And, you know, and instead he just he turned this into this uh, a beautiful picture of how in the moment of chaos and in the moment of, of craziness, the presence and the peace is there and it's just pausing and waiting for it to come 
then allowing God to be able to do what he wants to do. You know, you don't have to feel, you know, in fear or because you're equipped at that moment when you need to be. I think in the end, like our goal as followers of Christ is to figure out where the opportunity is here. How do we continue to serve and be the light that God's called us to be? So what small things are you guys doing now to do that? Well, I can tell you one thing that I'm doing. I, I have a, a lady that we know from our church. She's a single mom. And all of her daycare services and school services have been closed. But she has a job. And she still has to go to that job. Like, they have not told her to work from home. She's in retail. And so she needs to be at the store she's responsible to be at. As Heather and I were sitting down on Sunday, we're like, I'm like, you know, maybe we should offer to watch the kids while she goes to work. Because, I mean, we're homeschooled anyway. Like, we're here. And so we did. And we've watched those kids a couple times this week to allow her to go to work. It's a little thing because it's only two more kids in our house, right? It's it's a pretty easy thing, and it makes a big difference for her. It makes her available to do what she has to do to keep supporting her family. I think it's just the small stuff. I have all these unusual <laughs> little parts of everything I collect. And so people have been calling me left and right. Hey, I, I have a... a one of my one of my friends or one of my coworkers needs a, a, a wireless access card or whatnot. You have one of these? I'm like, yeah, I have three of them. <laughs> Great, because I can't get them anywhere. So it's just like things like that. Awesome. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think what really from a it's really been from a church perspective. I think trying to lead with kindness and lead with grace and let people kind of dictate the terms on you know how they want to interact, but also being cognizant of the teams that I lead and trying to lead with, Hey, how are you doing? Not like, how do you want to help? Or this is what church is going on. Or like we just had a meeting the other day and it was really important to be like, all right, let's talk about how this is impacting you. Let's start to flesh some of this out. Let's start to process it. You know, hoping to find some other, some other ways. I think one of my things that I struggle with is I, I have a tendency to just like keep my head down and look at the sand and be like, we're just going to move forward, kind of only do um, what I can do for me and my family. And that's it. And I think just reminding myself, Hey, I need to keep my head up and look around a little bit more and make sure I know, you know, kind of what else is, what else is going on and who else God might show me to help out or what have you. So. Yeah. I think to kind of wrap this up, the biggest question I got for all of you guys um, Single or two ply? <laughs> Always two ply. <laughs> and if you know where to get it, um, I'm willing to pay top dollar for it. <laughs> I've got some. You don't need to pay me anything. Just come and grab it. <laughs> Is it on the roll? I have or... maple. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's on the roll. <laughs> you have maple flavored TP? Yeah, flavored. Why does flavor matter? <laughs> we don't yeah, give out hungry. <laughs> it serves yeah, two purpose. Uh, I'm at 14 gallons now. Sweet. Nice. Wow. 840 gallons of sap I clicked in the season. <laughs> and you got 14 gallons out of 840? Yep. That that sounds like our national that's, deficit. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why a gallon of syrup is like 54 bucks. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. 
If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.